0: Welcome to the CIO Evolution. In this podcast, we'll explore the Chief Information Officer's role in executing a new ongoing leadership imperative, digital transformation that promotes agility and resilience. How do CIOs upgrade legacy networks? What are the financial challenges CIOs face? And what are the security measures that are required in the new work-from-anywhere mobile and cloud-based world? So with us today... On our show is the Director of Transformation from Zscaler, the gentleman who makes things happen when we talk about zero trust and moving to the cloud, the extraordinary talent, and the gentleman by the name of Kevin Schwartz. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Hi, Les. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to talk with you today because there's so many topics around this idea of network security and a cloud-first world. Arguably, the world is moving in this direction. And as a CIO and now a CITO, since I just joined the company Stride Inc., a ed tech company based out of Herndon, Virginia, I'm having to look at lots of different environments, not just for Stride, but for the schools and then for the students and for the students at home and then for the teachers at home, then the teachers at the school and then the students at the school. And gosh, you know, it gets pretty complicated. So as you see the world and as businesses like Stride or others are exploring sort of all the different endpoints and migrating to the cloud, what does that mean in your mind for network security?
1: It's an interesting question. I mean, you having in your job already that what many organizations didn't have before, I guess, what we all know what I'm referring to. And simply what we are seeing is an explosion of usage of different endpoints. We are away from this managed estate that everybody loved or hated before when we've also been back in offices. So we're all working from anywhere. I guess we've seen the adoption of working from anywhere. So with the adoption of cloud that everybody did, The term network is something that I guess is dying more and more and more because we're not any longer protecting a network. I mean, we are not on a network at the moment. We are some sort of in the internet somewhere. Yeah, our application that we are using here to talk is somewhere in the cloud. So the term network is an old term. Does a network in future still exist? I do believe so. A data center will still exist even with 5G. But the term network security will vanish because security has to be everywhere where we are, has to protect whatever we are consuming. And that's where we have to get to. And I guess that's also interesting for your scenario you described.
0: Yeah, I would say it's very interesting for my scenario because, you know, the network is everywhere in our case. And I think this is true, just as you say, for many businesses. And it seems complicated. Like, how do you measure what's in the network? How do you address the traffic? How do you protect not just what's in the network and the traffic, but then the endpoints and sort of what are the privileges? So how do you see that world moving from what is essentially this old model now to the world that is demanding a new model? What are the key things that have to be considered and what's the impact on the traditional security model?
1: I guess always, and you as a CIO or C-level will, I hope, agree with me, it's the term of visibility to be able to fail decisions and make the right and wise decisions. So I have to have an insight of what's actually going on. I guess certain things we can't change anymore. We can't force people back into offices. We can't force people again you know, to say, hey, your iPad is not any longer a device that you're allowed to use. Please use again your old Windows machine. So this is something which we are simply changing factors, you know, and we have to adapt them. But what we have to ensure, we have to know who is out there accessing with what, what, right? And this is a type of visibility that we have to get now. We were striving for achieving for decades as part of network security. Some were successful, some were not. So the term, I guess, that everybody is now arising and hoping that this is solving the topic is zero trust. The sort of architecture that everybody is now hoping and praising that this is going to bring the answer for the problems that we are having now available and and will have in the future.
0: So when you say, know what is what, which intellectually, I get that, I I think. So put it into an example for me where I can understand, because now having to have the CITO role and the cybersecurity, what do I need to pay attention to?
1: First of all, we've learned the last few years what it's all about. We have a user that are trying to access applications. We actually do not care too much how they are doing it, but... When we're looking back at how we did things, and I'm, I'm referring back to network security, we wanted to know who is accessing my network. Okay, what is the network applications? Okay, how do I protect applications? I have to build fences around with firewalls and all of it. The thing, if you're asking me, that we missed with our multi-billion or multi-million projects was who is accessing actually what and who has access to what. So we were knowing the who, we were knowing the what, but we were not knowing who is doing what. And this is now the type of visibility that we are requiring. Because otherwise, what we are going to do in future is we are using for new problems, old answers. We're still trying to build fences around things which we believe we have to protect. But as we're seeing now more and more, and I mean, newspapers are not plastered since yesterday full of it, it didn't seem to really happen that these type of old answers are really effective.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now, I get that at a fundamental level. If I can see who is accessing what, I don't have to necessarily put so much around the what. I have everything around the who, and that actually informs me of what I need to do next. That's smart. I like that. So if you can give an example, because a number of our listeners are in the daily practice, right? They're in the trenches. Sometimes they're firefighting. Other times they're hoping to plan for not having a battle. Is there an example on some common applications or cloud environments? Let's make it simple Office 365, which you could explain to some of our listeners what's the best approach? How do I need to really approach this from a zero trust point of view?
1: Let me explain the old way. And I guess then it's obvious why a new way is, I guess, something that we all should seek for. So, based on the experience that we are gaining here, specifically at Zscaler, also with with customers and potential customers, is that we are seeing many are sending their users via VPN into the network. And from the network, they have an extension to cloud environments. From the cloud environments, the traffic is transversing to a SaaS service. In our example, it's M365. So it's a lot of places where our traffic is going via, where it sounds quite complicated. And you know what? Each of these places is costing money and they actually want quite some decent money. The question is, if we are thinking about what we are doing as a user, more and more traffic that we are consuming, specifically with Microsoft 365, is destined to the internet. So if I'm now going back to this old example and I'm going sending my traffic via old parameters, old ways of cables and I don't know, this sounds too complicated. So why I don't send my traffic right away towards the internet? Well, I'm scared that I'm doing something that if I'm not protecting it, I have a potential risk. So how can I then achieve it? The perimeter security is the old way. The new way would be something that is inline me and brings me closest possible, fastest as possible to the application so that I can consume M365, which goes, by the way, even hand in hand with what Microsoft is saying. Please don't go via your, your network. Sounds a bit like Monopoly. You know, rather send your traffic direct and as fast as possible towards us. We can then take care of it. And this is then something, I guess, where we, just simply have to understand Microsoft is an application as many others. And I guess we just have to find ways away from the old world to be in line and brings us as fast, but secure towards the application. This will simply help us not to only, of course, have something secure, but it will help us to basically accelerate and improve user experience. And I guess by the different stations versus the new way, it's quite obvious. Because I don't have three or four stations that can fail, I potentially maybe have one or two. This is already an improvement that I guess, you know, just logic.
0: Sure. The orders of magnitude are of risk are reduced in, in the way you just described it. So that begs a question, as a leader like myself or the other CXOs listening to this, What sort of are the the key characteristics, what are the skills, the thinking, or even positioning they should be considering as a leader or as an executive in a world driven the way that you described that's inevitable?
1: Yeah. So first of all, I would always try to find an easier answer. So I'm going back to what made also C-Levels from IT so famous in the board because they made the show moving and going on during the pandemic with quite some simple ways, because it was user to application, I can access with everything of my devices, my applications. And the only problem that we have is how to secure it, you know, I guess we have to understand that technology is on the market available, we have to be open for that, to understand that technology can enable us to keep this new way of working, because I guess we all got used to it. And we also sort of love it. And I guess we even forgot how the old world actually looked like. So we have to understand technology is there that can enable us the things that we have in mind to enable us the way that we are envisioning. Simple, fast, and secure. When we are thinking about zero trust, there are only a few elements, if you're asking me, that are very important to adopt a new modern zero trust architecture, because it's not a buzzword, it's an architecture. The product won't enable us, but we have some elements that I guess products can enable for us. First of all... With Microsoft 365 or everything out in the internet, most of it is encrypted. So if we are not decrypted, if we're not looking inside, we don't know what's going on. It's like looking at a pipeline. You don't know if you have a rats problem or water is floating through or even oil. So if you look inside, you do know. And this is how we should treat also web security. We cannot trust that things are encrypted. We have to look into it because bad actors are using this type of way already. Our trust Decades and nowadays, even more as Zscaler has proven, I guess, also in some of the reports that we published recently. The other things are I, as a user, just want to access applications. I don't even care which network I'm taking or the complicated way before to M365. I explained as a user, I do not care and it shouldn't be really bothering me. The only important thing is that I'm getting access to the applications that I require for my work. That brings within, I should not have access to anything else. And this is some sort of elements that we have to get into the visibility. I mentioned in the beginning is the first step to get to it to then be able to differentiate. Why does Kevin have access to so many applications? He's just dealing in HR. The third thing is the attack surface. We have invested in so much fancy security tools and they are super. It's for me, I'm comparing it always with a bouncer at a club. Who's into MMA fighting? They are strong and they are good as long as no MMA fighter or Jackie Chan is coming around that could beat them up to get into the club. So we should avoid that actually something is exposed to the outside that shouldn't and can't scream, come on, fight with me. We should just expose what we have to, like our website services. The rest should be hidden. It shouldn't be obvious that some bad actor could take use of it.
0: That's a great way to explain it. By the way, I'm going to borrow that and I will give attribution, (laughs) but I'm going to borrow that one because I really like it. I think it explains the idea of all this perimeter protection, all these different attack surfaces, the sort of redundancy and complexity sometimes that you get by keeping, layering on different security methodologies and tools, some of which may not always get used. You know, one of the things I get, I, I remark when I speak to some of my colleagues and we talk about this, uh, other CIOs and CTOs, is they say, you know, we bought all these tools, but we don't actually use them all, which is a remarkable statement when you think about the money being spent.
1: I, I just recently, because I'm asking me the question as well, of course, I'm talking so much about the topic that I'm sometimes feeling I'm getting blind about what I'm talking actually about. But I luckily found a video on YouTube by somebody very inspirational who said, I don't know what we've done the last 20 years, but the terms that we should follow are quite simple. And that sort of, you know, gave me then again the confidence, okay, I guess we are on the right track. Yeah, so <laughs> it is how we describe it.
0: And on that simplicity, you said a couple of things which strike me as, again, as a tech leader in a big company, publicly trade, all that sort of thing, which I have to worry about the security and the compliance and making certain that people shouldn't have the privilege to access certain things. But I also think about this in these business opportunity terms. And what do you think the role is of now the tech leader in organizations that are of scale or even in smaller, of course, in any size? But is there a business opportunity within that role to help with better security to create either trust or sovereignty or values that the customer or partner might want? Is there a business opportunity is what I'm getting at.
1: So to your first part of the question, I guess the role has changed already. We're seeing IT leaders are not any longer some sort of part of the CFO department or somewhere hidden behind. I guess everybody now understood and the crisis has just proven it. it was a board topic and IT teams delivered. So they won a lot of trust, which now ends up in a huge transformation of many organizations that I personally have never believed would transform that quickly now. So you have a different motivation level which is great to see because they got the support they haven't had before. Generally, when we're thinking about securing this new normal, this, this work from anywhere type of scenario that we're all going to be in, it is going away from silos where we are saying with have workplace, we have network, with cloud, we have security. It is all going to have to work together because as identity of the user is key to be able to decide is Kevin allowed to access something? I also have to see What is the fastest way of accessing an application and who's going to make that decision at all what the policy is looking like? So we touched on network, workplace and security, and they also sort of have to work together. So the CIO has to ensure that all of this works hand in hand. And of course, you know, that the departments don't just look after their stuff because it's all interrelated Future. In terms of new business models and opportunities, and also, you know, if, if this is coming more now of a business enabler, I actually want to quote an article that I've just recently read by my colleague Nathan, because he described the scenario of adoption of 5G. And I just want to take this because he wrote about how at and is using for their 5G strategy Microsoft mainly. So a tech company is questioning the commodity of a company that we all know and what at and is famous for. And if we are now thinking about certain business models of certain industries, if we are, for example, thinking about logistics, it's all about e-commerce. E-commerce right. is going to enable what we have used the last two years and we will use in huge amounts in future. E-commerce is the future and E already says it, it's an IT-driven business. Enabled based on cloud, on, on everything. And how do we secure it is the next big question. The other thing is, if we're thinking about also going back to a hybrid type of model of work is when we're thinking of shared office spaces, et cetera. So organizations will maybe carve out their users from their own office spaces, but they will still have places where users can go or employees can go and work. And now, of course, these companies ask themselves, how can we ensure as reachers we work, etc. How can we provide security as a service to our users and our potential next customers. Yeah, So we are seeing that security is playing a big role in that. We're seeing that IT is the enabler for a lot of new business models that we see.
0: I like that. I like this idea of security and trust as a service, because it seems like everybody has to move to the cloud. So you're going to be a cloud native, cloud first company. But I now think about it when you just said that as if the cloud native companies had started with the way you described they wouldn't be running into the problems they're running into right now in other words and i'll just use a very simple example but these are platforms that are also businesses so they are business platforms technology platforms Mm -hmm. like facebook or say youtube or name social network right or any other sharing network if they had started the way you described with least privilege access identity access management tied to zero trust in other words you have security as a service and you have trust as a service, you probably wouldn't have people being hauled up in front of Congress. You wouldn't have these big compliance issues. You wouldn't have somebody from Russia pretending to be somebody else on your network. You would actually be able to identify good actors, bad actors, and you'd provide real trust back for your brand to your customer. Is that essentially the crux of the matter now going forward, this idea of trust in, and you as a CXO have this accountability and opportunity with this trust service?
1: Absolutely. Because, you know, we often start thinking in our own little world, which was often commercial IT. But if we are just using, as we are also working from home, we can communicate now. So why is this not just one-to-one being able to be used elsewhere? Why can't we just use the same principles elsewhere? Out of logistics, I give you another example. When you're thinking about the person that is delivering the packages to you, you're writing on a little device and saying, hey, yep, I received the package. You're closing a process of logistics in delivery. And you have a device, a user accessing an application, most probably SAP or something else, an yeah, right. ERP tool, where you're closing down a process. Can Zero Trust help there? Can I ensure that this user seriously just can access this ERP system? Is there a level of security that I can enhance here? And these are things that we're seeing more and more people now starting to think about because it's such a wide variance of range where we can adapt that. You mentioned a lot of customer examples where you want to provide something to your own customers and say, hey, this is how I can secure how you're accessing what I'm offering you. And I guess when we're using this, that is already huge and the opportunity is endless because everywhere where we, we have a user, we can authenticate, identify ourselves. If not, I mean, yeah, bad luck, right? Then I guess we shouldn't have <laughs> bad luck. <definitely>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe one of the bigger understatements I've heard in a little while. A little bad luck there. If you're looking at this and or you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about it and saying, you know what? I have a variety of priorities. They're all in different levels of maturity and sequence, you as a transformation strategy expert, where should anybody listening as either a leader or somebody who is operationally bound to certain duty start in the roadmap or process to get started and or as well start to advance the organization, measure how zero trust mature they are or how close they are to least privilege access? Where's a good starting point?
1: First of all, for me, is the first starting point. Do we know the identity? So do we have fixed that topic? Do we know who our users are? And simply, you know, have we maybe in a rough idea about who is who? So do we know how is our departments looking like? Who is in there? Do we have a sort of structure? doesn't have to be 100% perfect, but it helps further on. We then simply see a lot when we're thinking about, okay, to adopt the least privileged access concept, we need to know who is accessing what. So the term that how we can get there is simply to ensure that we are getting users to access applications. In the variety as they want, I guess because nobody has this visibility to a full extent. So if this is not existent, I would first ensure that users can get access to everything as they have today. It is often what we have simply the situation that users are, for example, as they're using VPN today to get access to a network that you would simply start replacing just that you are gaining now a sort of visibility. You're seeing, oh my God, so many users are accessing these type of applications. But it's good because now you're learning something that your organization hasn't had insight into. But with this visibility, it's again, right? You cannot fail decisions if your data is not good. Reporting can be great, but if data is not good, you cannot fail the right decisions. So the visibility is key to gain. And then you can fail the decision and say, okay, why is user A accessing B? And now you're shrinking down and you're applying these privileged access to your users and you know securing your application. Estate. And this already moves you a lot forward. When we're thinking into security towards the internet and applying zero trust there, I would always ensure how does traffic hit the internet? So I would basically see, is it still traversing some sort of over- places where it shouldn't go, like my network? Are there any more faster ways that I can send it direct? So there I would basically check the market of cloud security at all, how I basically can ensure traffic is going securely via a platform towards the internet right away. And we are applying TLS inspection to simply check into the traffic and see that there's nothing going in that we shouldn't have. And then from there, I guess if we're doing the two aspects of our internal applications, wherever they are, getting the visibility, getting more granular and having visibility into the internet traffic and potential threats in there then we have a good base. From there, we can enhance, okay, I'm now moving my applications to the cloud, so I have to advance maybe how users are accessing my internal applications. I can improve. I can avoid these backhauling, even if I still may have it for internal application traffic. And for internet traffic and security there, I can then decide, okay, do I get now more advanced? The features that you said that when you're speaking to CTOs, if you're asking me, not looking into internet traffic, but having a lot of security features, hmm, I guess first to the basics, have visibility, and then apply more when it's applicable.
0: And thinking about this, if I want to get started, or any other CIO or technology leader wants to get started, and no one here, as well, a Zscaler customer had this big problem, or that's the beauty of Zscaler. You know, you don't show up in the headlines in a negative way and they want to get engaged with Zscaler, what, what's the first step? Do they need to do this kind of inventory on their estate in the way that you just described it or do they need some diagnostics or they just need to call Kevin? Is that probably probably just call
1: Kevin? <laughs> or, or email him, you
0: whatever. Securely, of course. But, you know. <laughs>
1: So the best way, I guess, and this is counting for Zscaler, but I guess for everybody else, is first to get an understanding, how's my environment looking like? Many organizations don't take the time to understand the high-level architecture as it is today. How do users, how is a traffic flow actually going today? How complicated is it, what I'm doing here? To then, you know, get an understanding of how the tomorrow could look like. Because maybe, you know, you're identifying, as we said, Zero Trust is an architecture and also with Zscaler, it's still an architecture you have to implement that we're understanding where is the biggest pain point right from the start. And there I would then basically get into If you're, for example, good in internet security, because you may be already using Zscaler, I would rather focus on the elements of, is there any pain that you're having in protecting your internal applications, right? And then from there, it would quite easily be able to, to basically make a start, that is most efficient for the
0: organization. That's excellent. Well, this is the last question. You've been very generous with your time, so I appreciate it. But last question, what's the advice that you have for companies moving to the cloud? Their priorities are obviously moving to the cloud, but their advice in finding the right kinds of leaders and finding the right kind of leadership qualities, what should they be looking for if they're now looking to upgrade their teams and actually execute against what you just described?
1: It's a question that I also often receive. How is it possible that such a young guy is in the business already for that long? (laughs) It's simply because we have gained a lot of experience in perimeter security and doing how we're doing networks. And I guess it's now important that we are getting to get new answers to new problems and not coming anymore with old problems. So we should always question, is the way that we are now moving to the cloud a more modern way, a more direct way? Or do I just replicate, you know, what I did in my network for 30 years, yeah, now in cloud environments? And this is something I would always strive for simplicity, not for complexity, because the way of how we are protecting software, of how we are protecting with software cloud environments could potentially derive and differ. So we should get more people that are more engaged into zero trust architectures that are more defined with these kinds of principles. We should have maybe even users with technology background and trying to aim for, for getting them because they are on top of minds. Not that we should question, you know, people with a lot of experience. That's not what I want to say, but we should not try to just, you know, take what we have done before and just trying to replicate. it. Yeah. This would be the absolute wrong move. Yeah. And that's why I guess we are now seeing a lot of adoption as well with Zscaler because it basically questions this how we have done it for the past. you know. Let's get up to new things. It's getting easier and more user-friendly.
0: That's fantastic. This has been extraordinarily informative. I actually, I've learned a number of things and honestly, we'll give you attribution, but I'm going to translate this into what I do every day and, and advise my colleagues who are in similar positions that they need to think about this as a direction for their enterprise, but also what's the execution strategy? How do you actually get to that transformation? Kevin, thank you for being on the CXO Revolutionaries, the CIO Evolution podcast, and for taking the time to talk with our audience and speak with me about the steps anyone can take in their organization for better network security in a cloud-first world using zero trust. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Les. Have a good day.
0: Thank you. You too. And talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to the CIO Evolution. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. You can find more episodes along with other podcasts on the CXO Revolutionaries website at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties, express, implied, or statutory as to the content of this podcast, and it is provided as is content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of the recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2021.